Hey there! Welcome to Imperfectly Pollyanna, a podcast where we have real and honest talk while finding the positive in the imperfections, whether in homeschool, faith, health, or overall life. I am your host, Courtney, a faith-filled homeschool mom of two, medical professional, certified health coach, recovering perfectionist, and eternal optimist. You know those days when you think everything is set up to be perfect, the kids are getting along, you know exactly how the day will go, and life seems good. Ah, those are the days, aren't they? Well, I thought I was going to have one of them recently. I was scheduled to interview today's guest and had the perfect plan. I was looking forward to our chat and the positivity it would bring to you as a listener. And I had everything set up. And then, well, then my Zoom wouldn't work. See, I record my interviews on Zoom and it had literally worked earlier in the day. But then I went to get started with this interview and nada, wasn't happening. This not only meant I couldn't get onto Zoom, but I couldn't use my computer to record with the mic I always use. I had to get in touch with my guest, let her know what was happening, and thankfully, she was as understanding and graceful as could be. By the time we got together for the interview, I was embarrassed, frustrated, and downright annoyed with myself. But blessings of blessings, I had the pleasure of chatting with someone special enough who offered to adapt and overcome with me. She graciously recorded while I tuned in on my iPad with a set of earbuds. And the rest is history. (laughs) The great news is that it all worked out. The not-so-great news is the confession that my sound for this interview, well, it's just not very pretty. But the topic today is important enough, and I already know you'll enjoy what you hear, even with the imperfections. Lisa Domino White is known as the joy seeker. She helps people accomplish goals, laugh more, and be happier than they ever thought possible. Lisa is all about encouraging people to find joy despite our own and life's imperfections. While not everyone shares her exact struggles with OCD and anxiety, we all have something that we don't like about ourselves. Lisa has created a model to help people determine which of our shortcomings need to be changed in order to be as happy as we know we can be and which ones we should just accept as part of who we are. Often, all it takes is a simple mindset shift to be happier than we ever thought possible. As a best-selling author with her book, Bursting with Happiness, hosting her very own podcast, and working as a certified professional coach, you are in for a treat today, my friend. Well, thank you, Lisa, so much for being here. I feel like I've run a marathon just to get here and (laughs) (laughs) it's kind of ironic how we came to this point in our, in our conversation today, but I know that it was just meant to be. And I know that you've got just some really great, encouraging things to share. I know you've got some strategies to share and which I love. And so, but before we jump into that with being the joy seeker, I relate so much to that being imperfectly Pollyanna. Mm -hmm. And, you know, when we talked before getting on here today, it was just, it was like, it was just meant to be to have that encouraging conversation and feeling like life is too short to be miserable all the time. And it doesn't mean you can't ever be sad and, and that kind of stuff, but 
there is something to say with that whole mindset and, and finding the joy. So I'd like to just kind of hear how you came to be the joy seeker and, you know, how that has affected your life up to this point. Hmm. Great question. Well, it's great to be here. Thank you so much for the opportunity. It's so much fun to connect with you and your listeners. You know, it's so funny. People hear that I'm the joy seeker. And the first thing I see usually is the eye roll and they say, oh, so you're one of those people who never focuses on the negative. You're always looking at, you know, rainbows and unicorns and you ignore the bad stuff. And that's so not the case because that's ridiculous. None of us could live our lives that way because the bad stuff is there. But the difference, I believe, comes from the difference of acknowledging and dwelling. And there's a big, big difference. The acknowledgement is just saying, yep, this is a situation or uh, an event or where I am right now that stinks. But that doesn't mean we have to stay in that negative space. And the dwelling is where we really have to be careful that that spiral doesn't take off. So, yes, the joy seeker, there are days where the joy seeker is not feeling very joyful. And I always say it to my husband, like joy seeker, not feeling so joyful today. And that's okay. Cause none of us are expected to feel that way every day. But my story, you know, starts from when I was a kid, um, six, seven years old, always had fear, anxiety, um, always scared that something bad was going to happen. It's just always been my mindset. And over the years I've learned strategies for, Uh, handling it and not letting it impact the quality of my life. I've able to, for the most part, do the things that I want to do and that make me joyful. Always been optimistic, always been able to, to manage those challenges. They have spiked a few times in my life, specifically when I moved in with my husband. That was a big major life change and those fears and anxieties spiked, as did when I had my kids because it's such a a difficult, life-changing moment in in our existence. So all my fears started coming back. I was actually officially diagnosed as OCD, which made a ton of sense because my fears were very heavily revolved around safety, germs, health, avoiding death, avoiding harm, harming myself, harming others. Just that, that was where my OCD focused on. And so over the years, received a lot of help just with those strategies. And the key to the help that I received was not to eliminate those feelings and thoughts altogether, because it's almost impossible for somebody like me, where it's ingrained in my mind and who I am. The idea of being fearless is magical, but it's not realistic. And so what I strive to do is fear less. And if I can get my fears under control to the point where I'm able to think things through a little bit more rationally, that's a win. And that's what the therapy and medication have helped me do. And so I've, I've always been a proponent of therapy when we need it, because, you know, that's what it's there for. Everybody has something that they struggle with. Fast forward to COVID. There is nothing worse than scientists and doctors and experts telling somebody who already washes her hands more than she should that we need to wash our hands more. It's not good, Courtney. It's not good. And I was quickly becoming out of control in terms of my fears, my anxiety, 
what I was putting my kids through. I have a 12-year-old and a nine-year-old. And I locked us down and said, no way are we doing anything that could potentially expose us to this. And so I locked us in the house three months. And during that time, I noticed that my little guy, David, who's 12, was struggling, just not socializing on his video games or video chatting with friends. And I realized pretty quickly that if I didn't get my issues under control, I could potentially protect him from COVID. But what about the other challenges that may develop as a result of the isolation? So after 10 years, I realized I needed more help to get through this dark time, difficult time. I needed that sense of perspective to be able to acknowledge and and accept that feeling of discomfort, whereas doing safe things responsibly, but also being okay with the uncertainty that even those safe activities would present. So that was that was a moment. Um, that realization was was shocking and difficult. And a few months prior to that, I had started writing a book because I'd always had it on my bucket list. I want to encourage people to find more joy, to be as happy as they know they can be, and to not let their challenges define them. Much like I don't feel I've let my challenges define me. I'm happy despite my challenges and my issues and my perceived shortcomings. And so I wrote a book. It's called Bursting with Happiness. And in it, I am very honest about my challenges and as a kid, my anxieties and my fears and all the way up until COVID. I released it in August of 2020. And in it, I'm very transparent and some of my friends and colleagues and acquaintances had no idea what I was suffering with because why would they? That's not something I was, you know, telling everybody. They were shocked because they always said, you just seem so put together and so positive and optimistic and happy and in control and you have your own company and your family's great. I could have never dreamt you had these issues. And it was like a slap in the face to me for a couple of reasons. The big one is I was slapping myself because here I am by not being truly authentic to my challenges. I was perpetuating that misconception that the only people who are happy and positive and optimistic are people who have it all together. Ridiculous. And so I reminded them through my story, we all have something and we can all be joyful despite that. And I could see in their faces, they're like, wow. So that means if she can be joyful and choose happiness when she's struggling with these issues, my issues shouldn't limit me from happiness either. And it was like a light bulb went off and my cup runneth over with joy to know that I was able to impact some other people. Yeah, that that makes me feel good inside too. I'm like, yes, like it just is so such a good feeling whenever you know that you can help other people and show them. I know that that's such a huge thing because whenever I have shared my own story with people, you know, talking about losses and, um, you know, disappointments and things that have happened and people say, Oh my goodness, like how in the world did you get through all that? And I'm like, I didn't have a choice. Right. I just got through it. And then making that decision of not ignoring the pain. You're not ignoring the pain just by finding that joy in the journey. Yes. But to be able to take that pain and use it 
to help yourself and to help others is such a beautiful thing. It really kind of feels like it, it makes your struggles have a little bit of a meaning and a reason, which I think is ultimately what we want. We want to believe that the hard things happen for a reason. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I am all about whatever it takes to make someone see their greatness and to not let their challenges keep them from being as happy as they know they can be. And I'm very clear that when my strategies don't work, get help, find a way to live and manage your challenges in a way that still allows you to live your best life for yourself and for your family and your friends and everybody around you. Yeah. I love that we both have kids that are basically the same age. Mm -hmm. I think that's fun. And it really resonated to me whenever you were talking about at the beginning of COVID locking yourselves down and then thinking, oh my goodness, I have to do something because as a mother, you know, we have to push ourselves out of our comfort zones anyway, like outside of COVID, yep. <laughs> you know, yep. you know, outside of current events, you yep. have, as a parent, you have to push yourself. And then this is such an unprecedented time to be a parent and to be a child and to have that stress of knowing like you, you know, you think whenever you have kids, you imagine this life of how life will look like as a parent and how your children's lives will look like. And so many are struggling right now with thinking my kids aren't getting to enjoy the things they're not having the life that I wanted them to live. And they're just struggling all around with trying to maintain that, um, that calmness for their family. And that just takes on a whole new stress of itself of trying to be able to work through it all. Yeah. Especially for someone like me, who's already anxious in general. I mean, I was always aware that I didn't want to parent my kids from fear. I mean, even when they were first born, I knew that that was something I was going to have to work on conscientiously because my first reaction is a park. No, you might get dog poop on you or you want to go to a kid museum where you're touching these things that thousands of other kids have touched. Are you kidding? And so my initial reaction when having a family was I refused to let my kids not be kids. So I would work around it. I mean, those fears were still there, but I didn't let them stop me from taking them to the park, from taking them to the museum. I would just wipe their hands and give them a bath afterward and call it good. Even though it made me uncomfortable, I was still able to do it. And that was the key, I think. And the more you do, the more confidence you get, you know, and this is with fears or anything. I mean, you know, you get to a point where you're able to create this data bank of memories in your brain that you can always look back on and say, I got through that. I can get through this too. And you use that as momentum to build your confidence, to get through the scary stuff that we face. And so, you know, it's just a matter again of being aware, being honest about where your struggles are, but don't try to eliminate them because that's, that would be a pretty difficult tall order to make. If I said, well, I'm not going to do anything until I feel hundred percent comfortable with it. My kids would never have been outside or, or gone to school. You know, it's just not realistic and it's not healthy for them. I love them too much to let my issues keep them from being kids. That's so strong. That's such a good 
great, fantastic point to make because it is so true. I know that I have found where watching my son go through situations of dealing with his own anxiety and knowing that I struggle with the anxiety, but in order to get him through it, because I want him to be better, you know, I want him to learn how to work through those things. And in order to get him to work through those things and I have to work through my things because then I have the anxiety about him having anxiety, right? (laughs) Right. This, this thing. And so you have to kind of push yourself through it to get them through it and, and teach them, like you said, teach them how to get through those things and to not have to be hid away from the world. You want them to, to live their best life. Exactly. Exactly. And it's funny. My therapist always tells me, don't borrow trouble. And she says that to me every once in a while when I start getting in panic mode and going down the rabbit hole, the what ifs, the what if this happens? Well, what if that happens? What if, you know, what, whatever it is. I mean, right now we're in this situation with this Delta variant, which is freaking me out. I mean, I'm not going to lie. I'm, I'm, I'm feeling my struggles intensify because of it. And, and, and I'm just trying to mitigate it and trying to get, get through it and tolerate it, but it's hard. And of course my mindset is what happens if, and she's very good about saying that hasn't happened yet. So live your life, be safe, be, you know, aware and careful, but at the end of the day, you're borrowing trouble. You're worrying about something that hasn't even happened yet, if it happens at all. So just be confident knowing that whatever comes your way, you will deal with it. But right now you're trying to deal with a thousand things that could happen. And it's no wonder that I'm overwhelmed all the time. I have all all of these thousands of things in my head that could go wrong, but heaven forbid, if and when something down the road bad happens that I have to deal with, that's one thing. And I can deal with that. I know I can because I've dealt with a lot of other things in my past and gotten through them. I'll get through that too. So it's it's just a matter of staying present. And I know that all of these wonderful mindset gurus say that that's the key is, is presence and being present, not obsessing about the past or having anxiety about the future. And that oh, it's so true. And if I had a magic pill or formula to figure out a way for us all to do that, that would be great. But it's just a constant, constant challenge and definitely something I'm actively working on all the time. You know, I feel like this comes as at such a perfect time um, just because the current events are going on because I just told my husband and another friend of mine this past week that I have to find a balance because of my anxiety and my PTSD. I have to balance and protect, I have to protect my mind. So if I stay on social media or listen to the news or read comments on the internet or over, like it causes my anxiety to go up. So there's that balance of staying informed, but also, you know, not being on there too much. But this past week I told them, I said, I, all this talk about everything and things ramping up, you know, or going back to this or that, the idea of it, Like at one point I felt like I was like suffocating. I was driving in the car and it was like, it just hit me. And I felt like I was being strangled at the idea because the last time around, you know, this past year, we handled it pretty well. I mean, despite being in a healthcare system, 
I've been working in it literally since the beginning. Mm. And so those first few weeks were a little stressful, but then we got used to it, you know, kind of got used to it. And then things started getting back to normal. And then just at the idea, mm-hmm. some things going back into place, I was like, can I truly get through another round of this? Like mm-hmm. I did it the first time. Mm-hmm. And like you said, you think, okay, I did it the first time I can do it again. But the idea of it, it's like, can I psychologically get through this? Not just for myself, but for my family, you know? So talking about this is just such a perfect time. I think for not just me, but also for others listening to be able to to gain that information of, you know, some strategies and like, what do you do in those situations? What is something that, what is something that you can do to kind of like ground yourself, you know, to be like, okay, here's in this moment of anxiety, in this moment of struggle, here's what I can do. Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, you know, I think don't borrow trouble is a good one at this point. I mean, yes, it's, it's in the back of our minds, all of us. Are we really going to have to do round two of this misery? Are we really going to have to do this? And there's a possibility that we will, but we don't know that yet. And so I, I, I stopped myself short of getting to that cycle of feeling that anxiety about it because we just don't know. And so every day I'm just, you know, I think about it, but I don't dwell on it. That's the key for me is like, okay, I'll deal with it. Whatever happens tomorrow, I'll deal with it tomorrow. But I'm trying not to go there yet because we're not there yet, you know? And and so I'm trying very hard to to maintain some semblance of calm, whereas avoiding a lot of the news. I mean, I, I have to, I have to, because it's so easy to get, it's so easy to get caught up in that spiral of worry and anxiety and stress. And so I'm just trying really, really hard to control what I can control and just trust that I will get through and I will get my family through whatever comes next. Because I know you will. Of course you will, because you won't have a choice. You will. And so it doesn't it doesn't do us any good to obsess over that right now because we're not there yet if we get there at all. So that that's my biggest takeaway as well. Um, but, you know, I'm a a huge proponent in adding more joys to our lives requires us to be intentional about it. And this is what my book bursting with happiness is all about. It's, you know, being intentional about adding those small bursts of joy to our lives regularly. So often we, we fall into the trap of, Oh, I'll be happy when I get this or when I become this or when this happens. And the, this thing may not be for another couple months years, if ever. And so it's up to us to be happy and create joy for ourselves and others now, the little things. And I think we overthink it a lot. We, we tend to think the big things are going to make us happy. And, and that's so, so not the case. It's really all about identifying things that bring you what I call a burst of joy. And it can be as simple as your favorite band or exercise or baking, or crocheting, or doing a puzzle, or talking to a friend, whatever it is that brings you joy, that comes to mind right away when you're thinking about what makes you happy, that what relaxes your mind, those are the things that we need to be intentional about doing regularly. So what comes to mind when I say, what is your burst of joy? Um, Well, my kids, or a warm cup of coffee in the morning, um, playing 
board games with my kids. We got really good at that last year. (laughs) We play Clue and my daughter is like excellent at playing Uno and kicking all of our butts. There you go. (laughs) So (laughs) those those little moments are are joy to me for sure. Yeah, that's it. That's exactly it. And so knowing those things bring you joy is one thing, but actually doing them is another. And some of the clients that I work with actually feel guilty about what they identify as their burst of joy, which is ridiculous to me. One of my clients said her favorite thing is to literally watch one of her Netflix shows. It just zones her out and makes her relax. She's, and then she followed it up very quickly with, but I know that's not a good way to spend my time, so I don't do it. If I could have reached into the Zoom and smacked her, I would have, because that's the whole point of a burst of joy is to do whatever it is, no judgment, whatever it is that calms you, makes you happy, and let's be honest, distracts you a little bit. I have no problem with acknowledging that I need some good distraction, especially with these challenges we're now looking like we're facing again. There's nothing wrong with distractions. There's data that says it's good for you. I mean, if I'm doing a run, if I'm not listening to a podcast to help me get through that misery, to distract me, I'm not running, you know? So distractions are not a bad thing. And if they can bring you joy, all the better. And then it's also about doubling down whenever we can. So thinking about you know, what I love. I mean, I love music. I love movies. But there's one thing that I think I'm going to share with you. It's a little embarrassing. I'm going to, it's a little embarrassing, but I feel like this is a safe space. (laughs) I am a huge Barry Manilow fan. I love him so much. Yes, he's old enough to be a very young grandfather of to me. I don't care. I love him. And his music makes me happy. So for fun, I decided for $10 a year to join the official Barry Manilow fan club. I'm a fan I am a real life fan <laughs> I love it. It's silly. It's so ridiculous. But let's be honest. Every month I get an email from, quote, Barry telling me the latest news he's up to. I get the opportunity to buy cool Barry swag. It brings me joy. And so that's my example of how I've doubled down on my love for Barry Manilow. So thinking about you and your coffees and your games, I wonder if there's a way you could double down. Is there a way you could enjoy your coffee even more? Is there a special creamer? Is there maybe you could go and sit on the back porch in the morning for 10 minutes while you enjoy it. Is there a way you can savor those bursts of joy that you have and take them to the next level? Yeah, I do. I actually do have a specific kind of creamer that I love. Boom. That's exactly and it. I do. And, um, we, we have a, so we have a back deck and I have a vertical garden out there. It sounds like a waterfall because it's aeroponic. So I'll have to send you a picture of it just the other day because it's so pretty but it's very relaxing to hear the water going in the tower, sitting on the back deck, just drinking my coffee. And um, then I even have a new coffee mug. I love coffee mugs. And I have a new one that back a few months ago, my kids and I went to one of these paint pottery painting yes, places. Yes. And so they painted, they wanted to do plates 
And so they painted plates and then I painted my own coffee mug. So we had that memory. So now every time that I use that cup, then I think of the memory and it's just, it's just cute. It's such a, I love, I love those little things, just those little bitty things that you can just say, oh, that's it. That's a good moment. That that's a good moment. It gives you a burst of joy. You're not taking it out of the cupboard, you know, necessarily saying I'm going to have joy today. Let me take it down. You take it down because you're going to use it for your coffee and you automatically get that feeling. It's just not even something you're thinking about. It's just subconscious. And that's what I mean by a burst of joy. It's just so simple. And too often we overthink it and we just don't embrace whatever it is, no matter how silly, whatever brings you joy. So I want your listeners to ask themselves what's their berry or who's their berry in terms of what brings them joy and listen to the music every once in a while. I know for me, just knowing I love Barry isn't going to do much, but once in a while, at least daily, I turn on the Barry Manilow and do a little dance and sing along. And my kids are like, no, no, not again. And I don't care. (laughs) That's right. But you know what? They'll, they'll grow up and they'll be like, you remember how mom like had this crazy obsession with Barry Manilow. And then that'll be a good memory for them because I think of my parents, like things that they were all into that as a kid or a teenager, I totally thought like they're, they're weird. But then I look back and I'm like, you know, now I'm like, oh yes, this is so great. Or I think that about like my grandparents, you know, like things come to my mind. I'm like, oh, I love that. Like I, I love Elvis Presley. There you go. To, I mean, like obsessed. I love him so much to the point that my son has now started. He's so funny. He came up, I, he came up with it on his own, but he calls me and it's not in a disrespectful way, but he says, he calls me little mama. Oh, and of course, I love that. <laughs> so he'll go, <laughs> Hey, Hey, little mama. You ready to go little mama? Love you, little mama. And it's so cute hearing his cute little 12 year old voice do this deep little, hey, little mama. And it's just the cutest thing. And he's always like, now he's, he asked me just the other day, hey, what did you say your favorite Elvis song was? And so he pulled it up on his phone because he was proud that he could pull up on his phone and he played it while we were in the car. And, you know, I'm like, I'm with you. I'm finding those little, it's those moments. And you know what he's doing? He's creating a burst of joy for you. By playing that song, he's he's providing a moment of joy and happiness for someone he cares about. And that's a whole nother level of what I talk about with bursts of joy, creating bursts for people who mean the most to us. And if we think about it again, it's not that hard. I mean, it can be as simple as, you know, thanking your spouse for something that they did for you that, you know, you normally wouldn't thank them for, or, or letting them pick the movie you guys watch tonight and maybe creating and ordering or making a special dinner that you know is their favorite. Now, the, the key is to be excited about it. I mean, you can't be like, oh, are we really watching the next Fast and Furious movie again? But, you know, being open to the possibility you might like it, but more importantly, showing enthusiasm for something that they enjoy or your willingness to try. That's a burst of joy. My husband, um, is an avid ice climber. I mean, the guy, we live in Colorado and the guy is so happy when he's got the ice axe in his hand and is just climbing a wall of ice. I don't get it, but it's what he loves and it brings him joy. 
Now he broke both of his arms six weeks ago in a mountain biking accident. So he has not been climbing in a very long time. And I can tell he's getting a little antsy and feeling it. But normally he does this once a, once every weekend, you know, maybe he's gone for Saturday or Sunday out of, out of the week. And that's fine because it brings him a ton of joy. He comes home really excited, like telling me all about this amazing wall he scaled and he led the pitches. And I'll be honest with you, this does not excite me. I'm like, that is great, buddy. Yeah. I don't understand a lot of it, you know, because it is very technical stuff, but I could see how excited he is. And he's excited to share that with me. And so whether or not I care about the actual activity, I care about him. And so Mm -hmm. I'm engaged. I'm like, tell me more. Wow, that must have felt great. Wow, you 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 scaled it and you only, you know, fell once or whatever. I mean, he was strapped in, don't worry, he's very safe. But I'm I'm asking the questions. And I know that by me showing interest, that also brings him a burst of joy. So it's not even something you have to plan for. It's just to be responsive to something that the person you care about cares about. It's true that when you give to someone else, then whether it's to bring joy to them or to fulfill a need that they may have or something like that, it really does bring that joy in your own self because that's just how we work as humans is whenever we give to others, everybody benefits from that. And if more people could realize what a benefit that is in those moments, whenever you're really struggling, you know, the, there for a while, for a long while, I was doing a gratitude journal and I would write, I would start my day off with writing down at least five things that I was grateful for from the day before. And, and it had to be specific to that day. So I couldn't just say like, Oh, I'm grateful for my house. I'm grateful for, you know, whatever my family, it was, I was grateful for the warm cup of coffee that I got to finish before the kids got up or, you know, I was grateful for the, yeah, that's a big yay. And, you know, or it could have been something bigger, you know, whether it was time with my husband or we went on vacation, like there was something specific and being able to, you know, some days it was more difficult, but you had to be intentional. You always, you have to be intentional. Some days it's really easy because you have really good days, but on those not so great days, you have to be so intentional with with where your thoughts are going and what you're focusing on. And I think that as I was doing that gratitude journal on a regular basis, you start to look for those things during the day, instead of looking for what's going to go wrong. You're like, Oh, that was a really good thing. I'm going to write that down for one of my gratitudes. And it just makes such a huge difference in your overall life. Whenever you can make that switch in your head with your focus, I think. Absolutely. It's conscious. It's an intentional decision you're making. I relate to what you were saying whenever you said that you had friends that just kind of had this perception, you know, of like having it all together or how, you know, you're happy all the time. And so you must not have issues. Like to me, it was like people have assumed not everybody, but there has been an, a large amount of people throughout my life that have thought like, well, you're always happy or you like live in this naive world but it's because of all the negative in the world that I have to choose joy. I have to choose to find the good things because if not, you're going to drown. Absolutely. And life is too short for that. 
It's too short to not choose joy. It's hard enough. Let's let's choose joy. Let's choose to be happy and do what we can to help others feel that way too. But I, I will tell you that another joy sucker is the expectation of perfection. That's another one that I am just so adamant that people let stuff go. I mean, everybody's got something they struggle with and the perfection mindset is what's really going to suck the joy right out of us. It's, it's being able to say, I'm not the best housekeeper, but you know what? I'm okay with that. Or yeah, I can cook a few dishes, but nope, not a good cook, not my jam, going to work around it. We'll order in a couple days a week. You know, being okay with not being perfect at everything is liberating. It is so liberating. I have a friend who was was talking about how awful her house looked. She's like, it, it's just, it looks like a tornado came in. And I asked her, how bad is it? I mean, really? And she showed me a little bit on Zoom and I saw it. You know what I did? I took her with me downstairs. I brought my laptop downstairs and had her take a look at my dining room table. We have the Superstar Destroyer Lego set that has been sitting there half done since COVID started because the kids, Jonathan, were like, we're going to do this. And I keep asking, can I clean it up? No, no, we're going to get to it eventually. They're not. But meanwhile, it's a disaster, literally. And I showed her that. And I said, look, where do you get the idea that everybody's houses are perfect or cleaner than yours or tidier than yours. This is my house. And I took her to, and then I took her on a tour, took her to my daughter's room. She's nine and she's not the cleanest. I'm not proud of it, but I said, this is, this is real life. And the fact that your house is not perfect is okay. Cause she was like, you know, really beating herself up on it. And I'm like, you have you have to realize that you're no different than the rest of us. You know, expectation you have is really going to make you miserable. And I could see it. She was like, holy cow, you're totally right. And she took her kids out for ice cream instead of staying home and cleaning. And I felt so, I got all the feels. I'm like, that's what I wanted for her. So I actually came up with an, an acronym to kind of make all of these things we talked about flow easily and come to mind easier for your listeners, if I could share that. Yes, absolutely. So it's CARE, C-A-R-E, and the C and the A go together. The C is the perceived shortcomings we have that are keeping us from being as happy as we know we could be. The C stands for change. This is my anxiety. This is the fears that I had around COVID. This was the things that were really keeping me and my family from, from being joyful, from living as happily as I know we could be. This is the thing in your life that you feel like is, key, is it's that roadblock. So whether it's you're in a toxic relationship, whether it's, you know, you really feel like you got to get your health and nutrition on board, whatever it is that in your mind is keeping you from taking your joy factor to the next level, that goes in the change category. The changes can be small, doesn't have to be completely fixed. Like I said, I'll never be fearless, but you want to improve on it. So for me, it was getting help. It was using the tools in my toolbox to manage my stress and anxiety. Whatever it is that will help improve that situation goes in the change category. Alternatively is the A, which is accept. So the accept category is the stuff that, yeah, it would be nice if I was able to 
work out more regularly, or it would be nice if I could cook a dinner that my kids and my family would actually enjoy. Is it keeping me from being as happy as I know I can be? No. Then it goes in the accept category. The deal is if it goes in the A category, there is no guilt, there is no shame, there is no feelings of failure around it. It's where it belongs right now. Every month or so revisit, things change. Things absolutely flip-flop. And some things that were in the accept category may now have moved into the change category. I need to put a plan in place. I wanna get this taken care of. Alternatively, things that you were working on and improving upon may now be good. Like right now, I'm doing okay with my fears and anxieties. That could change. And, and that's okay because everything is very fluid. But if you put everything that you don't like about you in the change category, you won't do anything. Not one thing. You just won't because it's overwhelming. How could you possibly change multiple things at once? We really need to focus on what's pressing at the time and let everything else go. Let it be. There's nothing wrong with having some shortcomings and dare I say forever. I mean, we'll never be perfect. And you know, that's just what makes us us. So, so the C and the A, and then we have the R and the E and the R and the E focus on the burst of joy concept. So <laughs> the R stands for reassess and the reassess is all about reassessing what you believe to be true about you. So as an example, I've never liked football. My whole life, never watched a game, couldn't care less, looked barbaric, not interested. About 12 years ago, I was at a, a friend's birthday party and I saw a game on, on the TV in the corner of the room. And there were people, maybe 10 people huddled around it and they're cheering and they're excited and they're into it. And I'm like, huh, walked over, sat down. And I noticed that these people were really excited and I'm watching this screen and I saw this really cool pick six that I now know is a pick six. I didn't know at the time, but the guy stole the ball and then ran it into his end zone. That was pretty cool. And I recognized that I had a little feeling of intrigue. And the next weekend when I was at home, I turned on a football game. I said, let me just see. Let me just see if there could possibly be something that I could enjoy. I have been a Denver Bronco fan ever since and an NFL fan ever since. I love it. I love it. And I never dreamt that I would. But it, it's not just about the action on the field, although I do love a great play, but it's about the camaraderie. It's about the drama and the intrigue and the connection. And I'll be honest, when I wake up during football season on a Monday or a Thursday or a Sunday, I'm excited. It gives me a burst of joy knowing that a game is on. And then when the underdog team wins, I'm out of control. I love it. Unless it's the Broncos who aren't winning. I always root for the Broncos, but it's been a tough year, tough couple years. But the point is, if I hadn't pursued that feeling of intrigue, I would have missed out on a lot of fun. I really would have. It's silly. Again, it's silly, but it brings me joy. And so that's what the R means. Reassess the beliefs you have about you because there may be stuff out there that 12-year-old, 20-year-old, 30-year-old you didn't like, but current you may really enjoy. And so be open to that possibility, even intentional about exploring new things, food, activities, sports. I, I know someone who went skiing, gosh, last season, never went since she was a kid because she didn't enjoy it. I pushed her a little bit. Go, what happens? What, what's the worst that can happen? 
She got a free ticket, go. She ended up loving it because of the solitude and the beauty that she could have never appreciated as a kid. So you just don't know. So the R is to be constantly reassessing. And then the E is embracing. Embrace whatever it is that brings you joy, whether it's berry manilow or coffee on your deck and or delicious yummy coffee creamer. Embrace it, own it, own it. Because at the end of the day, people are all, <laughs> we all have something embarrassing we like. I mean, even if you don't admit it, just do you. Just be you and be as joyful as you know you can be. Care, C-A-R-E. Care, I love it. If you care about yourself and we should care about ourselves, I love it, then do that. And I love that it's so simple and it's simple, tangible. It makes sense. It's not some complicated thing of like, now what would that mean? Like, it's a simple concept of kind of like the whole accept the things I cannot change, you know, that kind of a thing. Absolutely. That's that's what it feels like. Like what things can you actually change? And then what what things are you going to have to let go and embrace the good? Yes. Not everything has to be changed or fixed or improved. Some things are okay, not being perfect. And that in and of itself is so freeing because then you could focus on the things you really want to do or that you enjoy or that you want to improve. Because if you put, you only have a certain amount of time, resources, and energy. So you may as well use that for the stuff that really matters. That's right. Absolutely. Thank you for that. That's Yay. so, I know that that's going to help so many different people. Uh, maybe I'll like have it tattooed across my head. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! <laughs> I don't know that I might, that, that would not bring me a burst of joy. I don't well, think so. Maybe somewhere <laughs> a little less conspicuous, maybe a hiney cheek or something. There you go. There you go. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Yeah. But a little sticky note thing or something like on a dashboard or, you know, I still have a thing in one of our bathrooms that it's kind of like a vision board, but it just has just different things that are like quotes, encouragement, dreams that I have just so that it's, I can't even tell you how long it's been up there. Some things have turned out, not everything has, but just seeing it just still, it, it brings me joy, even just like, just to see it. I'm like, Oh, look, like it's been up there for, I don't even know how many years, but it stays up there. And every time I see it, I'm like, that's right. One of these days we're going to, we're going to get there. That's right. So, um, what is it, what, what is it that you, or how do you work with people through your coaching and, you know, what are, what are some things that you do through that? I love working with people. I love helping them recognize how great they really are because sometimes we're just so close to it. We can't see our own greatness. And that's my mission is to create joy for everyone and help them seek joy in their lives. So you know, I, I like to say, give me 60 minutes and I'll make you happier than you ever thought possible. And, and it's true because I can offer a fresh perspective. I can give you a new sense of confidence and help you look at things a little bit differently. And so I would love to give your listeners a free 60 minute joy session, if you will, um, between now and the end of the month. I'll set aside a specific number of of slots for for your audience and just to visit, just to talk a little bit about who you are, what your goals are, what's keeping you from feeling as joyful as you know you can be. And uh, let me help you jumpstart that joy. I so appreciate that. That's so generous of you. And I really hope that people will take advantage of that because what, I mean, sometimes we just really need a cheerleader that's going to come in and believe in us more than we believe in ourselves. 
everybody needs that moment. Absolutely. So, and I think that you, you make a great one. Oh, so. thanks. I, I think so. I like to think so. Cause I, I'm just so, I believe in people. I believe in their awesomeness and it just brings me joy when they can see it too. Well, thank you so much for being here today. I may have to have you back in the future because it just, you just make me happy to talk to and you're so just giving and such truly just a joy to be able to talk with and, and all that. So I just really appreciate you being here and thank you so much for everything that you shared, especially with the whole care thing. And I think this is a perfect time for us to be having this conversation. So it was um, definitely meant to be. My pleasure. It was great meeting you as well. Thank you so much. I'm hoping this podcast finds those needing encouragement, support, or community. If that's you, you found a friend. In light of recent current events, I think we can all benefit from taking a moment to care and find those bursts of joy. I've put Lisa's information in the show notes for you, and I do hope you'll reach out and take advantage of her services. If this show has impacted you at all, would you mind sharing it with someone you know? The way a podcast gets heard most is by word of mouth. I'd also love if you went and followed me on the podcast platform of your choice. Remember, you are loved, and I am so glad you're here. See you next time.